This Week in Wealth is powered by Alpha Wealth Group. If you're serious about retirement and have saved $250,000 or more, call Alpha Wealth Group's Tom Fortino now, 630-934-1855 or alphawealthgroup.com. Alpha Wealth Group, retirement made simple. This episode of This Week in Wealth is sponsored by Alpha Wealth Group. Tom Fortino is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered advisor, WGN Radio, and RWA are not affiliated. Here's WGN Radio's Elise Glink and Alpha Wealth Group's Tom Fortino. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink. I'm your host, a financial journalist and the CEO of Best Money Moves, my financial wellness company. And I'm Tom Fortino, the principal and founder of the Alpha Wealth Group right here in the Chicagoland area. If you want to talk with Tom or you want to ask us a question, give us a call, 630-934-1855, or you can always go to alphawealthgroup.com and leave a message there. So we finally got a piece of pretty good news this week. Inflation came down slightly to 8.3% in April, still near a 40-year high. Finally, we're moving, I would say, in the right direction. Right, Tom? Well, let's hope so. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's definitely better than going up. But, you know, we'll see what the trend ends up happening month over month. And, you know, it just here we are each month kind of taking a look at, you know, these fundamentals or whatever you want to refer to some of these, uh, the, all the numbers and what's going to happen from month to month, year over year. And so we'll see. I think there's, you know, as well as the Fed, are well, they going to raise interest rates again? Are they going to go up 50 basis points? And so this is kind of some of why we're seeing so much volatility in the market, because there's this uncertainty of, well, there's many things that are going on. But I'm just saying from a standpoint of what's the next reading going to be? What's the next move from the Fed and so on? And so, um, you know, that's that's just what happens. Uncertainty, as we say, and anything is bad and we know it's bad in the market. Yeah. Well, there's still a lot of sort of down negative news, I would say. Like we mm-hmm. saw this week also that, you know, consumer debt has hit a new high. I mean, it's crazy, like $16 trillion. We saw mortgage interest rates hit 5.5%. The number of people looking for an adjustable rate mortgage is at a 14-year high. So we mm-hmm. haven't seen that, obviously, in a long time since the last recession. Um, we're seeing that core CPI, uh, excluding food and energy, was higher than expected. That rose 6.2%. Uh, shelter costs, rent and mortgage, uh, comprise about a third of the CPI. They're at their fastest pace since 1991. And a new report from Lending Club came out this week and said that 64% of Americans are now struggling again to pay their bills each month, mm-hmm. which is just shy of the all-time high of 65%, which the last time we saw that was 2020 at the beginning of the pandemic. So, yeah, it's not all good news for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what you're seeing in your practice because all of this uncertainty, as you so rightly put it, it it's making people super nervous. I looked at mm-hmm. my mom's um, investments the other day, and I was just, I was shocked by how much those had gone down. The other people that you're talking to must also be shocked and starting to wonder if they're on the right path. Well, you know, you think about it, uh, since 2009, 2008 was really the last big down year. I mean, since 2009 until last year, we basically were in a, just this continuous cycle of up. The S&P probably averaged over 14%. We had one down year, which was 2018, down about 5%. You know, otherwise, almost every other year, we were up double digits. And so I don't know if there was a certain expectation, which in some cases makes it even more difficult when you see a down 10%, down 
Um, so there's a lot we have to deal with here when we take a look. And emotions are one of, I'll just make a couple quick comments. Emotions can be one of the biggest obstacles to being successful in your investment plans. I mean, you look at last week, the market was up 1,000 points after uh, oh, Jerome Powell up came Up 1,000, down 1,000 points, and, like, and you're great, talking about real right? numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's true. We can talk about debt here. Those are some real numbers. But um, but so, you know, my point is, I guess we, we want to be one of the things I would say is let's let's take a deep breath, kind of take a look at where we stand and let's try to make the best. Look, first of all, there's there's no no one has the answer to when the market's going to bottom. No one knows. I know some people may claim to know that, but that's just not that's just not true. Nobody can know for sure. So when you're constructing your portfolio, there's things that we could potentially do. What do I mean? For example, you know, in our portfolios, we've gone a little bit more to cash. We've raised about 10%. I should say to short-term debt, backed off a little bit on the equity. So it's never an, I shouldn't say never. Let me rephrase that. (laughs) You know, I would suggest it's not an all or nothing proposition. In other words, I wouldn't say go out and just go to cash, right? Yeah. I wouldn't. So you know, are there things you can do? Sure. For example, on your fixed side of your portfolios, what you don't have in the market, I would just suggest things like maybe going to shorter term debt. You look at short term debt year to date, it's down maybe 3%, whereas the aggregate bond index is down close to 10. Um, so less interest rate risk, um, because I think we're going to continue to see interest rates go up. I don't know if there's much of a choice. Right. You know, with the Fed policy, we have fiscal and monetary policy. These are we're kind of backed into a corner on a number of things. So these are things that maybe we want to consider on the equity side. Maybe we should go more defensive. You know, if you look at the S and P value versus S and P growth, which you can buy the exchange traded funds on these. You know, again, this is ballpark, but the values again. It sounds like we're saying, well, it's down, which is not. But relative to the market, you know, it's down a little over 6%, whereas growth is down 24 So are there things we can do in our portfolios to get a little more defensive but not exit the market entirely? Yes. And those are just some thoughts. I, I love that because I think that a lot of times people just get paralyzed <clears throat> into not doing anything. Right? I agree. I mean, I, I have a, a bunch of cash that I've been waiting to deploy and this is a perfect example of the other side of it, too, right? Um, I know what we should be doing, and yet I, it's like, well, is today the time to pull the trigger? And, you know, somebody like you really is able to be dispassionate and say, okay, are you trying to time the market, at least? Because you know that doesn't work. And <laughs> <laughs> logically, I do know it, and yet... Here I am going, yeah, but if I wait a day, maybe I'll save another half a percent, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got to, like, encourage people around that to get a, get out of their own yep. way, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, you're bringing up the emotional aspect, which is tough. I'm not trying. Boy, that's so hard, and it's not to be critical. As much as we can try to remove some of that, and it's just from a standpoint of our stress level, it's going to be helpful physically and mentally, but it's also hopefully going to help us financially, Right. And so these are we can't time the market. I mean, I know this may sound trite or simple to say you use these phrases, but it was one of the Rothschilds that said the way I make money is I never buy at the bottom and I always sell too soon. Right. Right. And um, but you can't. And so uh, the approach is you're saying, I agree, you know, just try to be uh, rational about some things and no, look, you know, the, the admission to this market is there's going to be volatility. But the upside is there's going to be some growth. So just you know, in general, 
under, you know, take a look, evaluate your whole situation, and, and then say, what is, what is my risk tolerance? Or what is my investment objective? And try to create a portfolio that makes sense for you. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of things you can do. I We're going to take a short break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about I-bonds and how those, um, we actually went and bought them. And I want to talk Good about that you. process because I know that, um, we, you know, we've recommended that a number of times on the show. If you've got a question for Tom, you need somebody dispassionate to look at your investments or at least give you a little shove, 630-934-1855, or you can go to alphawealthgroup.com. Stay tuned. You're listening to This Week in Wealth on 720 WGN. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Wealth. I'm Elise Glink, CEO of Best Money Moves, and I'm here with Tom Fortino, the founder of Alpha Wealth Group, and we are talking about your money, specifically your money that you want to have for retirement, but you're worried won't last because of what's going on in the stock market. So if that's your worry, you've come to the right place. 630-934-1855 is our number. You can always give us a call, leave a message, ask a question, talk with Tom, um, and be sure to ask for his estate planning packet, which is everything you need to plan out your estate. You can also go to alphawealthgroup.com. So, Tom, as yes. I said just before the break, Sam and I bought our maximum amount of I-bonds on May 2nd. Couldn't beat the return. They're paying 9.62% yeah. for the next six months. And even if inflation falls back, like we just discussed, they're going to pay above that rate going forward. And I think over the you know a year, we're going to look at like maybe an average rate of 8.5%, But I wanted to reassure everybody that the process was really simple. It took about 10 minutes. TreasureDirect.gov, you need your, your checking account where you keep your cash handy, so you've got your numbers. You need the bank number and you need the account number, um, the routing number. And, you know, it was literally, I set it up for myself. I set it up for Sam. I called my kids. I'm like, you know, you should do this too. So, you know, this is, this is not a hard thing to do. But to your point, you know, actually finding the wherewithal to get up and push out and, and do this kind of stuff is a little bit hard for people. So first, I want to just ask, how many of your clients have I-bonds? Did you get them all to buy it? <laughs> well, you know, I, um, I send out every week, I send out some type of, uh, you know, information on some ideas and thoughts or what's going on in the market. And I did send one on an I-bonds and I get a number of people that can, reached out to me and did go move forward with that. So yes, again, it's, it's, it's nice when, you know, these are little things that can add value. And, and I'll say one other thing to our point that we're talking about. I think one of the other takeaways from this mm-hmm. is I think it provides some, you're taking control. They've done all types of study, you know, financial behavior is, is this whole field now in finance, just behavioral finance, I should say. And w- they've shown, studies have shown when you start to take control, and you start to, like you were talking about earlier, at least saying some people are, are paralyzed or so they don't want to do things, and I get it. But when you start doing things, whether it's just, I'm going to, hey, I'm going to take 10000 I'm going to put it in an I-bond, and all of a sudden you engage, that can be really um, helpful in the whole process of saying, I'm going to control what I can. And so it's a great start, I guess a springboard to doing other things, whatever it may be. We talked about, you know, should you be making adjustments to your portfolio, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. investing in I-bonds, all of these things start making a difference in your overall plan. And certainly when you're going to get, nine, was it 9.6%? Yeah, it's 9.62%. I mean, you're going to park some money somewhere and, and you know, this is things that you can do. And again, it's 
I think it can lead to, to bigger and better things as you start to take control of your, your um, financial plan. Yeah, I think it's interesting also because we do talk about bonds and how this has just been a terrible market for bonds. It's mm-hmm. been terrible for bonds for a long time. And yet I-bonds, which are designed to stay ahead of the rate of inflation, and you get that amount for six months and then they readjust. But still, over the course of time, when you start out at 9.62%, right, this is an incredible boost Mm-hmm. to whatever you're doing. I mean, you know, I'll earn, it's only 20 grand, right? 10 for each of us. But sure. there are ways to actually get it up as high as 35,000. If you have a trust, you can buy another one. If you've got uh, a refund coming from the federal government uh, for taxes, you can do it. So if you think about it, and every year, if you're yeah. in your 50s, like I am, and every year you're buying your maximum amount of bonds, you know, between now and 75, I, I can have a significant amount of income just sure. coming from that, right? Yeah, and you can, like you were saying, each calendar year you can add on to that. So now you're just building it, and you can say, this is part of my fixed, because technically it is principal protected, and you also, you know, whatever the interest rate is going to be for that prevailing six months or so on, you also, uh, there'll be some type of interest, and, you know, that can move from year to year, but still, this can be a piece of your plan. And again, think of it more as that fixed piece of your plan. So, it can make sense, absolutely, as, as part of your overall plan. I agree. What are some of the other things that you're thinking about when it comes to your clients and their plans? You know, people who are just coming to you now, maybe they've been on, you know, a different path. They haven't been thinking about it. Or maybe it's, it's clients who you've been hearing from the last few weeks who are in their 40s and 50s starting to wonder all that money they thought they had saved. You know, I was thinking personally about all the people behind the FIRE movement, the you know, financially independent retire mm-hmm. early group, you know, that they're 33 and they're like, okay, I'm done. I saved my million dollars. And now that million dollars might be worth like 650000 mm-hmm. What are you seeing from your, you know, clients who are in their late 30s even, but mostly 40s and 50s? And, and how are you thinking about encouraging them through this tough time? You know, most of my clients are near or in retirement. I'd say, you know, 55 to up, but I know I do have some, just a handful that are that are younger. And of course, I talk with others in, in, in whatever, there's interaction, whether it's a class or whatever, we do other things. Again, it just comes back to the emotional part of it, right? In other words, if I said to someone, you're in your 30s, number one, or 40s, and you're contributing to a, to a plan, in fact, this can be a good thing. I know... <laughs> I, there is, it is really wow. it it's kind okay. of in life you know what i mean it's, it's when things hit you and there's adversity and you're like okay you get through it and you because thir- when i said like i said since 2009 we've just had up years right and so i think there's this there's been this removal from reality and now you're saying see this is how the market works and so this can maybe adjust your thinking or at least help you say okay i get it and you can make adjustments to it when you're younger if you're contributing you're putting more money in and if you look at any 10 and we've talked about this before any 20-year rolling period there's never been a down 20 years it's never happened in the stock market i don't care any 20-year period you can look at it if you condense it down to 10 years there's only been a handful at most so it's very rare and the probability of your money being down over the next five to ten years is very low especially if you're contributing so when we again we want to try to take the emotional part out of it and let them understand Look, you keep fueling the fire. You stay, You stick to the plan. Let's try to minimize some of the emotions. Yeah, don't go out and buy all the meme stocks and go out and you know have, <laughs> have everything in you know offshore or whatever you want to call it. But anyway, all crypto and all these things. Crypto. crypto. 
we, we'll get to that in a minute, right? <laughs> so, you know, I mean, have some level of, you know, those are things that you can have in a, you can have the fund stocks. I'm not saying you shouldn't, but on a small percentage of the portfolio, you want to have a core portfolio that makes sense for you that are in good quality stocks and good investments for the long term. Yeah. So crypto is interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're seeing Bitcoin drop down. It's hit the 20s again this week, 20,000 down from, what was it, like at 60,000 we were talking about this? I thought it 70 at one point. 70,000, you know, crazy. So now it's at 20-something thousand, or at least it was earlier yeah. this week. So just trying to think through sort of the whole crypto thing and how that's not working. And this week, you know, we just heard that Fidelity is going to allow people to start trading uh, Bitcoin inside their 401ks. We're seeing, you know, con- some concern about that. Isn't this a great call out for maybe just taking it a little slower on crypto? Yeah, I agree, Elise. I mean, it gets back to what I just said. Sometimes these things, the market corrects things, uh, you know, doesn't just continue to go up. I think one one of these traders uh, who's been on, I heard him say one time, there's only one thing that grows straight to the sky, and that's in a fairy tale. And so we just want, <laughs> right? And we yeah, just didn't wanna... end too well, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> for some, yeah. So, um, you know, and so I think there's sometimes these, again, these in the long run, these can be good things. I would be very careful. You just, it doesn't matter that, you know, even you could say some of these great companies, whether it was GE years ago, remember the blue chips, the IBMs, all of these, yeah. you can own them forever and they never worry about it. Well, those things, you know, not necessarily true anymore. So we just always, you, de- you don't want to put all of your eggs, the old proverbial, all your eggs in one basket. You have and- to be disciplined and you have to have a strategy. Right. And I want to just say one thing about the basket, the whole idea of it's not one stock anymore that's a basket, right? Uh, You've got sort of the Alphabet, Microsoft, Apple, you know, the Fang, which might now be the Tang. I don't know what they call them, you know, if you include Tesla. Mm -hmm. You know, these these hyper-technology stocks, in my mind, are also a basket. So if you say you're diversified because you have Microsoft and Apple and Google, (laughs) I would Mm -hmm. say to you, well, take a look at your portfolio right now because as a group – they're all struggling a little bit. And, and you you do, again, I, I've hammered this home. It's so helpful to have somebody like you, Tom, who can help people analyze exactly what's in their basket so that they're really not making that mistake while thinking that they're protected and that everything is, is going to be okay. Right. When you, you, you take a look at these things, like you mentioned, Microsoft, Tesla, you know, the other thing we have to understand is technology may be the worst performing sector year to date, and those are all in one sector, right? Yeah, and exactly. so you may have, you could have 20 stocks. It doesn't mean you're diversified. You have to be very careful. And again, it's all about having a strategy of discipline. Know what you own, know why you own it. All right. Well, you should give Tom a call, uh, 630-934-1855, and he will be more than happy to tell you what you own and what you should not own. Or you can go to alphawealthgroup.com. And our time, sadly, is up again. So that's it for this week edition of This Week in Wealth. You can find Tom at alphawealthgroup.com. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you next time.
Tom Fortino is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Advisor. Alpha Wealth Group, WGN, and RWA are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specialized in fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by retirement wealth advisors. Insurance and annuities offered through Alpha Wealth Group, licensed in Illinois.